rambling. We're in a series called All Things New. We just started this. Uh, I did an introduction. I did part one. And in the introduction, I really talked about, you know, a new start is all about following Jesus. And, and so we looked at what that means. And then last week, uh, the, the thrust of the message was about reading the scripture, getting back in touch with the Bible, reading it, you know, like an appointment with Jesus sitting at his feet, asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you. Um, these were the ideas from last week. Um, and this week, I, I want to talk about being a new creation. I'm going to be laying some foundation, some groundwork of some topics we're going to discuss throughout this series. So if I, if I don't cover it completely today, know that I'm setting it down so I can get back to it over time. But uh, kind of hang with me in the process. There's some things I want to introduce to you that we can um, get to. And then people are saying, well, what if I'm only here for this week because I'm a visitor? It, they'll all be online and uh, you can go and watch them there. So what I don't cover, you can do that way. So uh, that's the intro. Transition here. Always a bad joke or two. These were quite bad. Uh, I keep waiting for the right group, I guess. Uh, I read an article recently that said six of the seven dwarfs were not happy. (laughs) Apparently, I snore so loudly that it scares everyone in the car I'm driving. That's been met like that too. A little instant laughter and then groaning. Back in high school, I remember we were having a a lecture in biology class about Pavlov's dog and we were laughing and we were laughing and then the bell rang and we all went to the cafeteria. So that's my favorite, but it hasn't worked very well. So apologies to the visitors. Scripture reading here on purpose. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I'm going to dig into that passage here in a moment with you. But before I do, uh, I wanted to sort of start talking about, once again, the idea of being a new creation. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and this verse, you should keep looking at this verse because we're going to be coming back to it throughout this series. Uh, And then in a verse in Revelation about all things new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, this verse is true for all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You're a new creation. And we need to get a hold of what that means. See, having, having the understanding of your identity in Christ is important. It's imperative in order to live a full and abundant now and forever life in Christ. So we have to look at this idea of being a new creation. Because God mean it when he says that something happens when you give your life to Jesus where you're new. You're made new. And it's, a, it's an actual thing. Now, 
we struggle with that sometimes because we have this thought, I, I think, that, well, it says I'm a new creation, but it still feels like I'm acting like I always used to act or I'm still doing things that I didn't used to do. What's going on with that? And, and we start to get the idea that, okay, something's happened, but, but really I'm sort of waiting for that next big jump when I'm going to live you know, forever with, with him and what that looks like. And that this sort of in-between time, I don't understand it. And, and I, okay, new creation, but I, I don't feel like a new creation. But what you need to understand is that when God says that you're a new creation, he means that. That something miraculous happened when you gave your life to Jesus. You may not have felt it, but that doesn't matter. It took place. You're now a new creation. And um, we live in this tension, which we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years, but just sort of give it back to you. Uh, and what it means. So the tension exists because Jesus has come. We know that. And he did what he did for us on the cross and defeated death and rose again. And we know that he's coming back, which is what we're waiting for. So when he came the first time, he inaugurated the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. When he comes back the next time, he's going to consummate the kingdom. That means everything that that means is going to get taken and fulfilled. And he's going to set everything right in the process. So we live in between these two times. And, and they're, they're, it's real, the kingdom is here, but it's not all that it's going to be. And so we live in that tension. And so we, we come to know Jesus and we're new creations, but we're still having to catch up to what that means in, in our life. And, and it really has to do with the transformation of our minds. That's what the Holy Spirit is at work on. Paul says that over and over again. We'll touch on that in a minute. It's like the idea that I give you all the time from the scripture about salvation. That, that you have been saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. That all three of those tenses are in the scripture. They have to do with justification, which happens when you come to know Jesus. Sanctification, which is the Holy Spirit working in you. Glorification, which is what's going to happen when we're with Jesus uh, all in. And all three of those things are going on. We live in that tension. So I want you to sort of get a hold of tension and, and look at that as we talk about this entire series. Because things have taken place that have actually happened that, and and they're going to continue to happen in the process, but you need to know that they're, that they're real. You know, the, this new creation, this, this you that, that you become when you came to know Jesus, that's you forever. Um, that's who you're going to be, your, your, your soul, your longings, who you are, all those things. That's you from now on. You, there'll be a transition at some point when this temporary part is over. But um, you, you're, you're carrying on now forever. It's not... To wait until the sweet by and by, which so many people do. It's to embrace now. This idea of a new creation is going on now. The adventure has already started. Your eternal life has begun. You're spiritually alive when you come to know Jesus. And that understanding begins to change everything. Too, too often people are just waiting for the next thing when it's already going on and they don't realize it's, it's happening already in Christ. So you're new creation. So hang on to that tension throughout this series as we go. And, and now I want to get into the idea of um, the passage of the scripture reading for today. So let's start by talking about point number one, doing God's will. Doing God's will. Paul is praying for the believers in, in, the, in Colossus. He's praying for the Colossian believers. And um, he starts by saying, you know, what I pray is that, that you'll get God's will for your life. The Spirit's going to lead you into doing the will of God. Oftentimes, people get sort of stuck on trying to find God's will for their life. And the Scripture really doesn't talk about the will of God that way. The Scripture talks about doing the will of God. The psalmist says in 143.10, Teach me to do your will, 
for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. So the idea is it's far more of doing the will of God than it is in sort of finding the will of God. And the will of God is an interesting idea that I want to talk about. And we'll talk about it more because you kind of have to process through this a little bit. So oftentimes people believe that God's will is always done. That's a fairly common belief. But the reality is, it's not always done. Or he wouldn't have taught us to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's something that we have to think about. Often then people will ask this next question, well, isn't God sovereign? And the answer to that is, he is absolutely sovereign. He's the sovereign God. But his sovereignty is complicated and has to do with the tension that we exist in. There, there's two things for, about God in, in his character is that God is good and God is sovereign. God's goodness is simple. He's good. If something isn't good, it isn't God. And that will mess up with a lot of people's minds because we've often been taught that even bad things are God's will somehow. And, and I want you to think about that hard. I'm saying that God's goodness is simple. If it's good, it's God. If it's not good, it's not God. His sovereignty is more complicated. And it'll take a while to sort of get it. But, but let's start by talking about why it's complicated in the process. Back in creation, when, when God created Adam and Eve, and uh, he, he gets them going, and, and if you go back and read, you'll find out that he, they were to bear the image of God. They were image bearers. And he gave them dominion over the earth, authority over the earth. And they were in Eden. Uh, And Eden wasn't the whole earth. Eden was a spot somewhere located on earth where God dwelled with them. And what they were to do was they were to go then and they were to multiply and subdue the earth. They were to take their authority, make more people, uh, all that would bear the image of God and would go out and subdue the earth, sort of taking Eden out onto the rest of the planet. That's how it was supposed to go. But we know that doesn't happen because the enemy comes into the picture and he deceives Adam and Eve and they choose not to do what they're told to do. The enemy gets them to do what they're not supposed to do. And we have the fall take place. Now, what happens to the authority that was given to Adam and Eve? Well, often what we assume happens is that when Adam and Eve defaulted on the authority, it it just went back to God. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that then the authority over the earth was given to the enemy, which is pretty Significant. You have to deal with that. And, and the scripture, when you read it, you'll see it happens over and over again. Second Corinthians 4, 4. It's not in your notes, but write it down. You can go and read it. It's one of many verses. It says, it says, the little G God of this age, that's the enemy, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The little G God of this age or this world uh, is what's taking place. Or he's the prince of the power of the air is another description of the enemy. It means he, he got the authority. Now, At the cross, he's defeated and Jesus gets the authority, which he's going to give back. He's given back to us. He even says, go, I'm giving you authority to go and do these things now back into the mission of subduing. But even though the enemy was defeated at the cross, he hasn't given up. And so he's still at work until Jesus comes back. And why that's important to grasp is that too many people who who believe in God have been blaming God for things that aren't God's deal. They belong, the blame belongs on the enemy. And, and when you take that in, it will cause you to be more involved in mission and in understanding what we're supposed to be doing. 
So, so I want you to think about that. We'll explain that more along the way. But, but the sovereignty of God's complicated, but the goodness of God is not. The goodness of God is simple. You need to know that. Simple. Good. If it's good, it's God. If it's not good, it's not God. And, and because this tension exists, then the enemy is still busy and doing the things. So, so what we need to do is sort of um, understand that God wants us to do His will. How do we know what His will is? How, it's not, not so much about knowing it as doing it, but it happens as we engage with the Scripture and yield to the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm always talking to you about the importance of reading the Bible. You hear me say it over and over. The whole message last week. Read it. Why? Because it's how we begin to understand what the will of God looks like. It helps us. It's how we yield to the Holy Spirit. He leads us through what's going on here. And you have to read it for yourself. There's, there's just not enough time in the 22 minutes that I get with a lot of you every week to get to everything. You have to read it for yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate you because there's things in here about you you need to know and there's things in here about God that you need to know and about His love for you that you need to know and that, that you read them and then the Holy Spirit brings them to life in you and you begin to walk out uh, this life in step with who He is uh, being led by the Spirit on this journey. So, so it, uh, the idea starts with doing God's will. And then what he's going to help us do is live lives that please God. Point number two is about a life that pleases God. So he says, he says to the Colossians, I'm praying for you that you'll, you'll be filled with the, this, this knowledge of, of, uh, of who he is from the scripture and that you'll yield to the Holy Spirit so that he can lead you into a life that pleases God. Now, it's not only a life that pleases God, but when you're living that sort of life, it's the absolute best life that you can have as well. Do you get it? That's why he wants you to have that. When you're living a life that pleases him, you're, you're, you're stepped into, you're tuned into the spirit, you're walking with the spirit, and you're experiencing the absolute best life that you can experience. And it's part of this forever life that we're already into. And so he's praying for the Colossians. Look, I want you to have everything that you need. So that no matter what the situation or circumstance, that you continue to stay checked in and tuned in to what God is doing, even in the hard things that happen. Because fallen world, broken planet, hard things happen. Because we're in tension, we still deal with with difficult things at, at all sorts of different degrees. You know, tragedies happen and, you know, scary things happen. All sorts of stuff happens. Um, little things that we don't like happen. Like this last Wednesday, I had to have a wisdom tooth pulled. And my, my wisdom teeth are in, which you can obviously tell because of the tremendous wisdom that pours forth from me continually. But I just got one pulled, so now I'm three quarters wisdom is what I'm running on. It's okay. <laughs> so I, it was in, but it was coming in and it was messing up the tooth next to it and it eventually broke that tooth, which wasn't fun. And apparently that's the tooth that you chew on. And so I went to the dentist, which is not my favorite thing. And she said, okay, we got to, you need to fix that tooth. We have to put a crown on it. It's going to need a root canal and you got to pull the wisdom tooth. So now dentists that I'm not my favorite. No, God bless them. We need them. Now I've got three dentists working on me, which is like a nightmare. And, uh, and so I, for the last couple of months, I was supposed to get the tooth pulled. And then my schedule kept messing everything up because I, I just really didn't want to go. And, uh, I finally went Wednesday and, and, and you know, so I'm, uh, I don't really want to go, but I know I got to get it done. And I know this is a small thing. It's just a tooth, but it was kind of funny. So I get in the chair and he, I, and the consult, he said, would you like nitrous oxide? I've never had it, but I heard it's good. And I'm like, sure. All right. 
And so I'm kind of thinking, well, that'll be, that's going to make this a whole lot better. And, and so they're busy doing things, and they've hooked me up to a heart monitor. And I have a, my heart usually runs 55 beats a minute. I know it's, and I can hear it, and I see the little thing. And so that's good. I'm not too nervous or anything. And then, and then he starts coming in, and he, things start amping up. You know, you can tell something's about to happen because there's more stuff going on you. And he puts his thing on my face. He said, well, good, this is the, the nitrous start to breathe in. Okay. And I don't feel anything. And he, he says, are you feeling anything? I said, no. He said, is anything, are your fingers tingling or anything? I said, no, absolutely not. He, he said, are you feeling more relaxed? And I said, well, no, I, I'm not feeling anymore. I'm thinking to myself, I'm getting really ripped off here. And uh, <laughs> I actually can hear my heartbeat, and it's increased because it's beeping, right? And I even say, I say, I remember, so I, I'm awake, and everything's happening. I, I, you can hear my heart. I'm not relaxed. My heartbeat's gone up. He's like, eh, it's only 73. You're fine. And... Uh, and then he proceeds to pop the two shots in there. And then within really 10 seconds, pow, he's got that tooth out. Fascinating how it happened. Um, you know, it's, it's not a huge thing, but it's a thing, right? I would rather not have that happen. I'm looking forward to the time when teeth are perfect. And uh, you get to have them all, and they do exactly what they're supposed to do. And they're nice, white, shiny, sort of cool looking. And anyway, that's another story. So... I only say that to say that. Things happen that we have to deal with. Well, this is a much worse story, so don't think my little wisdom teeth whine there has anything to do like this. This is um, in Acts chapter 16. This is Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas are busy preaching the gospel. You know what happens? They get arrested, they get beaten, and they get thrown in prison and locked in. Um, 1622. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. That's nice. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. First off, that's, that's cool, right? Because if, if you were... I always think about this. If I was preaching the gospel and got arrested for it, and tossed and beaten severely with rods. I, I don't know. I, I just complained about having a wisdom tooth pulled with gas. Beaten with rods, tossed in prison, locked up. And Paul and Silas, they're praising and praying at midnight. Really cool. And it's so cool. And all the prisoners know that this is a pretty cool deal because they're all checked in too. They join into the service because they know what's happened to Paul and Silas. So it's a pretty big deal. And suddenly, verse 26, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison door open, uh, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And, and the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Um, he then brought them out and asked them, I love this, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved, you and your household. Why is that such an important story? Well, a couple of things. Paul and Silas's response to the situation was immediately impacting all of the other prisoners who, if you'll notice, when the chains came loose and the doors flung open, didn't do what most people would do, I think, in that situation was run like I'm out. Boop. See ya. Bye. None of them left. They were they were caught up in what was going on. And then the jailer, who's responsible for all these things, he's, okay, I'm going to have to kill myself now um, because they're, they're all gone. I'm in big trouble. And Paul says, no, no, you're, you're good. Everybody's still here. And the jailer comes in and sees what's happened. And he's so caught up in, in what's going on. He said, I, I'm not sure what this is, but whatever it is, I want it. How do, how do I get Jesus? You tell me. I'm in. And they say, this is what you need to do. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your whole 
household. And, and how significant that is, is the response has an impact on everybody around them. See, this life that we're to live, a life that pleases God, not only is it about us, it's about I- impacting the world around us for Him. And it does. And so, a practical thing I want you to take from today is this, because I'm giving you some ideas and things to think about, but I always want to give you something practical. Um, along with everything else that I'm encouraging you to do, you know, you read your word, you pray, you do those things. I want you to have a song at the ready. Have a praise song at the ready. Every day when you start, I want you to have a song just ready to go. So that when a situation happens, it's right there with you and for you. Over the last couple of weeks, mine has been, Knowing you, Jesus. Knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. And I just have it ready. And so that if something happens, that's where I go first. I start to pray and I just start to praise because you never know how that's going to help you respond to a situation in a way that not only impacts you, but impacts everybody around you. He wants us to live like that. Lives that please God. Always at the ready. So get a song ready every day. You can change it every day. You can get a new one every day if you want. I kind of stick with one for a while. And I'll sing it to myself and just make sure I got it. And it, everybody can sing, right? To so the Lord, it doesn't matter. You just have a song ready to go. It could be an old hymn. could be anything brand new. You just get one ready. I want you to do that every day. All right, last point. Let's talk about the inheritance of the saints. Come on. There we go. The inheritance of the saints. Colossians 1.12. Paul says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. The, the inheritance. Everything that he has for us, every promise that he has for us is ours because of what God has done for us. That was my timer going off. <laughs> but I'm not done. All these gadgets arguing with me. I have a watch that's always on me. Stand up, run around, go outside. I, I go to bed early a lot of times. You know, I go to often. I'm up early, so I, I go to bed a lot of times. 8, 8.30, I'm in bed, and the watch will start telling me, you can still finish your exercise ring. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I read the verse, right? Okay, listen, write this down. So the song is one thing. This is another. Christianity is not a set of rules. I want you to write it down. I want you to think about that. It's so important because I'm encouraging you to read the Bible. And if you don't understand it, you can easily read this Bible and think about how to make it a bunch of rules for your life. And it's, it's not a bunch of rules for your life. It's a, Christianity is a relationship with Jesus. It's about knowing a person. It's about spending time with him. It's about understanding what he's done for you and what that looks like. And, 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 and if you ever reduce Christianity to just following a bunch of rules... It ceases to be good news. And, and it happens all over the place where, where people are offering something to people and it's not good news any longer. It's just a bunch of rules. And that's not what we're called to. We're called to relationship. It's based on Jesus, not on rules. It, it's, so we try and reduce it to rules sometimes because we like to be able to check things off. But it's not like that. It takes time. You have, to, you have to nurture it. You have to engage in this relationship that we have with God. You have to take time to press in like any good relationship. It's, it's not something that you do 
by, by following rules. We, we keep thinking it. We, we'll read it and we'll, it talks about, oh, the righteousness of God. I need, to, I need to get that. And so what are the rules? What do I need to do? And, and yet you're a new creation. And so the reality is you already are righteous because of what Jesus has done. It's not something you have to get. It's something that you already are. You're the righteousness of God. When, when Jesus did what he did at the cross and defeated death, and when we gave our lives to him, um, we become image bearers once again. That's really the heart of righteousness. It's about being right in being. And, and so you're, you're right where you need to be. You're, you're back in uh, to this relationship with God in a way that makes a difference. And, and what happens is now we just have to sort of learn as we listen to the Spirit and, and yield to what he's doing and listen to the Word, um, is to, to live the life. So you just have to live out what you already are. That's this whole process. And, and as I said, it's a transformation thing. You, you already are this new creation. The Holy Spirit is transforming you. Paul says it over and over again, by the renewing of your mind, you're being trained, you're being taught to, to just live out the life that you already are in Christ, to, to be who you really are. That's the idea of righteousness. So, so you have to take that into your scripture reading with you, that, that you're just learning to live out who you already are. I dropped something out of my Bible. Guitar pick. And then I have to bend down without making the noise that I want to make. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Some of you do. Some don't yet, but you will. Um, I, I shouldn't prophesy that over you. I hope you never know what I'm talking about. But All right. So, so you get the idea. Take those in. Those practical things. Get a song ready to go every day. Get a song ready to go. And, and then... Um, Read your word, not like a rule book, but get in hold of it, allowing the Holy Spirit to change your life. Okay, so we're going to end it there. Ministry team, those are here, right head over the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me pray for you as a group, and then we'll have breakfast. Papa, thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome, awesome God. And we love you so much. And I pray, God, that we would continue to press in into this relationship that you've given us, to, to begin to understand what it means to be a new creation, to allow those things to, to change us now, as they will forever. And, and not only for us, but, but that the lives that you give us would impact the world around us for you, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray this morning for every church in this area where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, the folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today too most amazing thing that can ever happen in your life and it's humility and faith in humility it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us here you've sinned asking him to forgive you which you'll do and then in faith inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior it's a prayer that you can pray if you need help go over there and ask somebody but do it today do it now best decision you'll ever make so if you need prayer for that or for anything I'd encourage you to get it if you're going to stay in our breakfast or thank you for the food you provided bless that everybody that makes it possible draw people in for the 11 o'clock service God so they can hear about your love for them as well you are an awesome awesome God praise God from who
Good to see you again. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.